Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? Happy Monday. It is December 7th, and I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. For those of you who are new to the podcast, thank you for joining. And to let you know a little bit about me, I am a digital marketer by day. I've been writing about hockey for about a decade now. Uh, writing for various hockey outlets, worked for about five years as a full-time hockey news editor for The Score, a mobile app based up here in Toronto. I live just west of Toronto in a town called Guelph, home of the Ontario Hockey League's Storm, and I have been a fan of the Boston Bruins for, you know, over three decades now, and it's just a joy to talk about this team Every single day. Right now, we're at three days a week until training camp begins, and we'll have some updates on that later in the program. Today on the podcast, we are going to continue the Which Bruins Wore It Best series, looking at numbers 50 through 59. Again, not a lot to choose from in terms of great or memorable Bruins from this group, uh, but two. Recent defensemen certainly stand out from the crowd. I want to remind you that the podcast can be found on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins, as well as Locked on Boston Bruins on Instagram. And you can find me on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. Several weeks ago now, I had the idea to go through the Bruins jersey numbers on Hockey Reference and see which Bruins wore each jersey number best. Already we've done numbers 60 through, well, 92, I guess, is as high as it goes at the moment. And today we're going to jump into the 50s and see which Bruins wore each number best, beginning with number 59. Slim Pickens here, as we have Rich Brennan, who wore the number for the Bruins in seven games recorded one assist in that time with the Bruins. The other player to war number 59 is Tim Schaller. He played with the Bruins for, uh, let's see, two seasons. He did record a career high in goals and assists with the Bruins in 2017, 2018, 12 goals, 10 assists for 22 points. He then uh, signed as a free agent with the Vancouver Canucks and appeared in two games with the Kings last season. Uh, so number 59, the advantage here, goes to Tim Schaller. Let's jump to number 58. We have Kevin Dahlman, who is a former Guelph Storm defenseman. He only played 21 games for the Bruins, recorded one assist. The other options are... Um, Carter Camper, who played for the Bruins in 2012, and Yerho Vakaninen. He is a 18th overall pick of the Boston Bruins in 2017. He's only appeared in seven games for the Bruins. 
he does have an opportunity to crack the lineup this season in the event that Zdeno Chara isn't back. Of course, we've talked a lot on the podcast about the departure of Tori Krug and possibly also of Zdeno Chara opening up a lot of opportunities on the left side for the Bruins, including Vakaninen, first-round pick in 2017, like I mentioned, and Jacobs Borrell, a first-round pick in 2015. So there should be, uh, you know, lots to be hopeful about with regards to Vakaninen, and hopefully he will become a very memorable wearer of the number 58 for the Boston Bruins. At 57, we have six options, and I'll go in reverse order until we get to my top option, and that would be uh, Tommy Wingles, who wore the number in 2018, Justin Florek in 2014, we had Jordan Sigalet, a goaltender who wore number 57 for the Bruins in uh, 2005-2006, only appeared in one game for the black and gold. Then we have Eric Manlow, not to be confused with Barry Manilow. Antti Laxanen, 1999-2000. And then, of course, we had PJ Axelson. Now, PJ Axelson did not wear number 57 for the majority of his career with the Bruins. In fact, he only wore this number during his rookie season in 1998. From then, he went and war number 11. So there's a lot of players to choose from in that number category. So we'll give Axelson the advantage here for uh, number 57 because as a rookie, he was uh, pretty good for the Bruins. He scored eight goals, recorded 19 assists for 27 points. He appeared in 797 career games for the Bruins over the course of his 11-year career did not play for any other team after being selected in the 7th round, 177th overall in 1995. If you recall, he was a very effective two-way player for the Boston Bruins, uh, a very good checking winger, and also chipped in offensively from time to time, 103 goals, 184 assists for 287 career points with the Bruins and uh, you know the late 90s into the early mid to late 2000s for the Bruins were not a very memorable time Uh, they did have of course very high hopes for this roster prior to the NHL lockout that wiped out an entire season Uh, but then the Joe Thornton trade happened and things kind of went downhill until They signed Chara and Mark Savard, and uh, there was a real swoon there that Axelson was on the roster for. No fault of his. Uh, He would have been a a great contributor to any uh, winning team around the NHL, and uh, I have fond memories of of watching him play uh, at both ends of the ice, a great two-way winger for the Boston Bruins in his day for sure. Number 56 features six players that uh, you may not remember played for the Bruins. We have Darren Banks, who appeared in 20 games for the Bruins in the early 90s. Two goals, two assists, and those were the only 
points he recorded at the NHL level. Peter Nordstrom in 1998-99, two games for the Bruins, zero points. Then we have Doug Dool, Dowell, I don't remember him at all. 2003-2004, he played 35 games for the Bruins with one assist to his credit. Then we have Ben Walter, fifth-round pick of the Bruins in 2004. He appeared in 10 games, failed to record a point. Pateri Nokalainen, 2007-2008, 57 games for the Bruins, 7 goals, 3 assists. He might have the early advantage here. Tommy Cross in 2015-2016, 3 games, 1 assist. Uh, so I guess we're giving it to Pateri Nokalainen. He appeared in 245 career games across the NHL. He was a first-round pick of the Islanders in 2004 and uh yeah appeared in uh how many games for the Bruins 90 total games seven goals six assists so congrats Pateri Nokalainen for taking the award as the best Bruin to wear number 56 now I promise there are some better names in uh 50 through 55 but before we get to that Let's talk for a moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is quite simply the best tasting protein bar out there. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, nut and non-nut. And there are six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate and is soft and easy to chew. But it's not just an indulgent treat. You can lose or maintain weight. And it's great for the health-conscious person. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great even if you're on the keto diet. Now, right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I should mention later in the week, I'm hoping to get a Bruins alumni on the show. I've been in contact with them um, and not quite firmed up yet, but hopefully that will be the case for Friday. If not, we will have a friend of the show come on. And Wednesday, of course, will be a mailbag episode. So please do send in some questions for me to answer on the podcast. All right, let's jump back into the numbers. And when it comes to number 55, there's no question in my mind who the greatest Bruin is to wear that number. To go back to the early 90s, we have Ken Hammond. Uh, then Jonathan Gerard wore the number for a few years. Brant Myers. Sergey Gonchar wore number 55 for the Boston Bruins after being acquired from the Washington Capitals in 2004. He did record four goals, five assists, uh, for nine points in 15 games for the Bruins. And he also had uh, a goal and four assists in the seven-game series that the Bruins lost to the Montreal Canadiens that year. Uh, despite being the higher seed, we all know Joe Thornton was injured, blah, blah, blah. So if, uh, you know, if Gonchar had gone on a run with the Bruins that year, then he possibly could have been more in the conversation. He's certainly a great defenseman. Uh, and the Bruins were lucky to have him that year, for sure. Patrick Leahy wore the number. 
David Tanabe wore the number. Uh, Noel Achari wore it from 2016 to 2019. Uh, he's probably most famous for having been tripped and the penalty was not called and the St. Louis Blues scored on the play during the 2019 Cup Final. But when it comes to you know, successful Bruins, memorable Bruins who wore this number, the only player that comes to mind for me is Johnny Boychuk. Uh, Boychuk, of course, was drafted 61st overall by the Colorado Avalanche. He was acquired from the Avs for Matt Hendricks and began his Bruins career in Providence. Uh, he was recalled on December 1st, 2008, my birthday, and he made his Bruins debut on December 4th. And, uh, you know, he had a breakout season after having been sent back to the Bruins, or sorry, Providence for the rest of the season, uh, but really made an impact beginning in uh, 2009, 2010, five goals, 10 assists in his first full season with the Bruins. And then, of course, he was an integral part of Boston's 2011 Stanley Cup winning season. Uh, you know, Boychuk was known for his rocket slap shot, Johnny Rocket, of course. He was known for just laying out the body, being extremely physical, and he was everything kind of Bruins hockey is kind of defined by. And uh, I really enjoyed seeing him play for the Bruins over the years, almost won another cup with Boston in 2013. He was, of course, traded to the Islanders in 2014 and just a couple weeks ago announced his retirement after suffering uh, a pretty gruesome eye injury uh, late last season. Uh, But very glad that we had... Johnny Boychuk in black and gold for a time. And, you know, I always look at my 2011 Stanley Cup winning t-shirt and see the names listed on the back. And each and every one of them has a special place in my heart, including uh, Johnny Boychuk for sure. Uh, Just a great, a great player for the Bruins. During that playoff run to the Cup, he did have three goals, six assists for nine points in 25 games. And uh, just a very, very uh, special player that uh, the Bruins were lucky to have for a while. And and go back and listen to my interview with Rich Peverly a couple weeks ago to uh, hear a great story about how Boychuk welcomed uh, Rich to the team when he was uh, acquired prior to that trade deadline that year. Now, number 54, uh, a bunch of guys that uh, don't really stand out until the last player. We have Jim VC in 1992. Yes, that's the father of Jimmy VC, who uh, is a current NHLer. Andre Savage, Jeff Zare, Sergei Zinoviev, sorry, Hanu Toivonen, who we all thought might be the next Bruins great goaltender, not happening. And then Adam McQuaid, uh, gets the nod at number 54 for sure. He was a second-round pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2005. If you look back, you'll see that the Bruins acquired McQuaid from Columbus 
in May of 2007 in exchange for a fifth round pick that was used to select Jamie Ben of all players. Uh, the Blue Jackets, you know, obviously didn't hold on to him, but uh, might have been nice for the Bruins to have that pick to select Jamie Ben. But, you know, Adam McQuaid ended up being a pretty solid player for the Bruins, to be sure. He appeared in 462 games for the Bruins. Not very offensively minded, 13 goals, 53 assists, 66 points for the Bruins, but he too is a Stanley Cup champion, recorded four assists in 23 games during that run, and I think more importantly, he was an amazing player in the room by all accounts. I've heard, um, if you go back and listen to the podcast episode with Bruins team chaplain Dave Ripper, uh, you can see how... McQuaid really had a positive influence in the room. He really kind of shepherded guys like Tory Krug and um, just was probably more of an impact off the ice than on the ice, to be honest. Um, and that's that's not a bad thing. That's that's not taking away from what he brought to the table by any means. Uh, Adam McQuaid, a really solid player, even better guy, and number 54 goes to him. At number 53, we have ugh, another bunch of guys named who? Brandon Smith, Jeremy Reich, Derek Morris, who was a pretty talented defenseman who um, you know, only played one season with the Bruins, 58 games, 3 goals, 22 assists before being traded to the Arizona Coyotes uh, that year. And then uh, we also have Seth Griffith and Cameron Hughes. So, I don't know. Add it all up. Probably Derek Morris is the top guy to wear number 53 for the Bruins just for a short time. He wasn't part of their runs in 2010 or 2011. Um, And the Bruins selected Anthony Camara with the pick acquired from the Coyotes. Uh, in that trade. Number 52, we have Peter Preisler, if I'm saying that right. Only played for three games for the Bruins back in the day, 1992. David Emma, Carl Corazzini, Nate Thompson, who uh, went on to have a pretty decent NHL career after breaking into the NHL with the Bruins four games in 2006-2007. Zach Hamill, a complete bust for the Bruins. He was selected 8th overall by Peter Chiarelli, only appeared in 16 games for the Bruins, uh, and failed to record a goal with only 4 assists to his credit. Matt Limblad, Matt Irwin, and now Sean Corrali, of course, wears number 52 for the Bruins. He has appeared in 223 games, 20 goals, 39 assists, well known for his celebrations, the Curaleep. And um, yeah, it was a great piece of work for Don Sweeney to acquire Sean Corrali from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for um, Martin Jones. Uh, If you'll remember, the trade exactly was Martin Jones to the San Jose Sharks for Sean Corrali and a first round pick in 2016. And so Corrali 
um, has become a very talented and reliable fourth line center for the Bruins, a real shift for the Bruins in terms of, uh, you know, what they're looking for in a fourth line center. Uh, he has some scoring pop can jump up and play on the uh, third line in a pinch. And, uh, yeah, a great piece of work by Don Sweeney to acquire him. Number 51, Brian Dobbin, Jay Henderson, Andre Kovalenko, Nathan Robinson, all played only very short times for the Bruins. So I guess it's going to go to Ryan Spooner. Second round pick, 45th overall in 2010. He did appear in 253 games for the Bruins with 142 points. Never quite reached the potential that we all thought he possessed. And he was, of course, traded to the New York Rangers in 2019 in exchange for Rick Nash. And uh, didn't really catch on with them. Wasn't able to catch on with the Oilers. Ended his career as a member of the Vancouver Canucks, and he's currently playing over in Europe at the moment. So let's wrap it up with number 50, shall we? And there's six players to choose from, all of whom only played one season each for the Bruins. Clark Donatelli, Chris Taylor, Ben Guite, Jonathan Siglet. I think I mentioned our no no he's a, a defenseman sorry that was Jordan Siglet we mentioned earlier uh, Brendan Gaunt wore it this year and then Jonas Gustafsson wore it in 2000 and uh, what year was that 2015 2016 24 games for the Bruins went 20 11 and 9 as a backup to Tuka Rask 908 save percentage so let's give the edge here to the monster Jonas Gustafsson. Again, not a lot of great players jumping out here, but two Stanley Cup champions in Johnny Boychuk and Adam McQuaid who get uh, the edge in the 50s and uh, take the Witch Bruins War Best for 55 and 54, respectively. All right, let's wrap up with some news and notes from around the NHL. And before I do, let me remind you that there is a Locked On NHL podcast, which you can subscribe to. There's always some great stuff from around the league, so do check that podcast out if you have some time. Uh, there isn't really much in terms of updates from the NHL or the PA along the lines of a return to play plan or schedule. There are players you can see on social media who are making their way back to their respective NHL cities uh, with the view to hopefully starting training camp at some point around the holidays. Uh, so yeah, just uh, keeping an eye on that. And I would expect at some point when all of that is finalized, we could start to see some more movement in terms of remaining free agents signing somewhere. Don't forget Anthony Duclair is out there. Mike Hoffman's out there. Uh, we'll see some professional tryout offers or players invited to training camps to try to earn roster spots on discounted deals. And uh, we could also see some trades. And I would think ultimately a decision on Zdeno Chara's future with the Boston Bruins. Speaking of uh, legendary players who have played for the Bruins, you probably saw that Jerome McGinley was 
in the news over the weekend with a big snowstorm rolling through Mass, and he was actually randomly interviewed, uh, which was pretty hilarious. And uh, let's play the clip here, and it kind of comes across as, you know, random man interviewed at a gas station uh, with the reporter kind of unknowingly talking to a future Hall of Famer, which is which is pretty funny. So here's that clip. Like the winner, but not necessarily. This might be a little too much. Visibility was poor on the highways as heavy snow came down for a few hours. Getting around was a challenge, even for those who are used to this. Pretty tough. Uh, we're from Canada, so it's not too crazy. I mean, uh, we got some winter tires and uh, used to this growing up, so um, it's not great. I'll tell you, you get some... Uh, some tough stretches, but if you don't go too fast, uh, uh, it's doable. That was shared first on Twitter by Luke Knox, at Luke Knox. Uh, he's an ESPN art director, and uh, it was picked up by many outlets around uh, the hockey world. Boston 25 news anchor Nicole Olivero, she was anchoring the newscast, admitted she didn't recognize Daginla at first, uh, she said, in my defense, it wasn't my interview. I was anchoring, though, and didn't pick up on it right away. And in fairness, Aginla only played one season in Boston, uh, the 2013-14 season, in which the team won the President's Trophy. He retired from hockey in 2018 and was selected to the Hall of Fame in June and um, will be the next round of inductees. He currently calls Boston home, and uh, Matt Porter of the Boston Globe had a good check-in with him over the weekend, so be sure to check that out. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen, and uh, I really appreciate all those who make Locked on Boston Bruins part of their week or part of their day, and uh, please do subscribe, rate, and review if you have some time today. Uh, Quick check-in. Lauren and I finished season one of Justified last night, and I'm very excited to uh, check out how those remaining seasons play out. I'm almost done uh, season six of Sons of Anarchy, and currently reading The Camel Club by David Baldaki, uh, recommended by friend of the pod, Mayor Zilberberg, and uh, really enjoying it so far. If you have any show recommendations or book recommendations, feel free to hit me up at ENC McLaren with those. And again, send in some mailbag questions to at LO underscore Boston Bruins or locked on Boston Bruins um, on Instagram for some questions that I can answer on Wednesday. Thanks so much, friends, and talk to you again in a couple days. In the meantime, please do take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.